When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Welcome to our live feed update for August 21st. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and I am here today to update you on everything that happened yesterday on the Big Brother 25 live feeds. It was day 19 in the house, and today I am here on my own to bring you the news, the happenings of the Big Brother 25 house. Uh, we're going, to be, we're going to be quick and efficient with this one. There's plenty to talk about, but I'm here by myself. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get in with the information. Then I'm going to get out because I got to talk to Riley uh, in a bit. We're going to be talking with Riley, uh, doing an exit interview uh, to explore you know, how she's feeling in a post-Riley world. Um, and yeah, my power clearly uh, didn't go out. My internet's fine, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so uh, we're here. We're going to talk about it. Let's, let's get right to it here. Um, so, again, day 19. And uh, let me pull up this little graphic for you. Here we go. Um, Felicia is the HOH. And she nominated Cameron and Jag for eviction. Jag then won the veto. He plans to use the veto on himself, of course, and the plan in place from the beginning was to take out Heisem, backdoor Heisem, blindside him. Uh, the plan changed on the um, the night of what day seventeen at this point, or was that the night? I don't even know anymore. Day the night of day eighteen, maybe, um, 
when Suri considered the idea of what if we took out Red and then the target started going all over the place, but it eventually landed back on Heisem after Corey convinced them that the plan to evict him had gone too far. Uh, I can luckily tell you right out of the gate that the plan is still in place, that there was no more waffling that went on. Uh, there that uh, you know that the the as of right now the veto ceremony is going to take place here on day 20 and uh, Isom should be going up on the block should be a blindside um, and they currently plan to of course vote him out though that could still theoretically change and likely will be discussed um, so that's everything leading up to hear. Uh, but we're going to run through the day, day 19. So another thing to point out is that when Felicia put Jag on the block, he brought back up this idea of working with Suri, Izzy, uh, Felicia. Um, he's been trying to create some kind of big alliance that includes all of his people. Now that Riley is gone, his people have dwindled down to essentially himself, uh, Blue and Matt. And so that has become a workable enough number that, uh, you know, that it's, it's feasible to actually get into an alliance with him. And so uh, Felicia, Izzy, Suri, and Jared agreed to jump into an alliance with Jag and Blue. Now, they don't trust the alliance, which is why they considered going back on the Heisen plan. However, now that they are back on the Heisen plan, uh, and Jag and Blue are none the wiser. Jag and Blue want to like really get everyone together and solidify the alliance and make sure that uh, everything's working out. So that's they're talking about that here in the morning. Uh, Izzy and Felicia do get together and agree that even though they're making this seven with Jag, Blue, and Matt, they don't really like Blue. Um, they don't really trust Jag. They like Matt, but ultimately the true five that they're actually working with the people that they care and trust the most um care about and trust the most is themselves Suri, jared and Corey. uh those are the that's those are the core people for felicia and izzy here at least in the morning um so the seven do eventually get together briefly uh they come together in the storage room they put their hands in and just to again remind you, this seven is uh, Suri, Izzy, Felicia, Jared, Jag, Blue, Matt. That is the seven. Um, they put their hands in. They call themselves the Savage Seven. Worth noting, Jared did tell Corey about this alliance starting to come together. Um, I don't believe that he has had a chance to or or told Corey yet about the uh, the alliance solidifying and what the name is. But I am I am curious to uh, hear his opinion on the uh, on the Savage Seven name, uh, which, um, you know, yeah, has been used before, but in Canada, you know, so there's that. Um, they agree that their targets are Red and Cameron, uh, Red and Cameron are their targets for the Savage Seven. 
so the house is starting to take some new shape, right? Um, the uh, this new Savage Seven alliance theoretically targeting Red and Cameron, which is fine for Jared, Sari, Felicia, Izzy. They're perfectly happy with with Cameron and Red targets. Um, uh, they would be perfectly fine if Mimi took a hit. Uh, if you know, even if say you know Bowie took a hit, those are the people that they're trying to aim Jag, Blue, and Matt at. Um, because they want to protect, of course, uh, really Corey is like the only person outside of that group that they really care that they really care about protecting. Um, and but Corey already has an in with those people to a degree, so he doesn't require a lot of protection. Um, and it's his name is not really brought up uh, as a target from those people. So um, America and Blue are going to later have a conversation where um, America tries to warn Blue that uh, Suri and Izzy are not really to be trusted, that they are in a very good position, that they are, like, uh, Blue says, I feel close to them. I think they like me. And America says, Suri is not a player that cares about who she likes. She is, a, she is not playing this game emotionally. She is cutthroat. She will make the decision that is best for her game. And Blue, who feels like, oh, but I have an alliance with Sari that you don't know about, America, is like, oh, silly America, trying to warn me about the dangers of Sari when I'm actually in the good position and you're not. Uh, and to be fair, America isn't. Um, but uh, neither is particularly Blue, except for the connection to Jared. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so. Obviously, America is right to warn Blue, uh, wrong to voice the concerns, because, of course, uh, it's very dangerous to be talking about uh, Suri, especially to somebody that is going to be uh, spreading that information, which, of course, Blue does. Uh, Blue talks to Jared about her conversation with America. Um, and, uh, you know, he already feels like America is being messy. And the thing that he took away from this conversation is that America was lying to Blue about her true intentions, uh, less so that she was trying to actively get um, uh, Blue to be anti uh, Suri. Um, so she kind of got away with that one, but she's still pretty uh, up there on the target list. Um, so uh, luckily for her right now, um, there's, you know, uh, Cameron and Red are such big targets for the other side that. Um, she's not quite in the crosshairs. Uh, I think the only people that would like actively target America right now are, uh, you know, like Suri, Izzy, um, if you Felicia can't win HOH, but, uh, like they would kind of go for America more so than anyone else right now. Um, Jag, Blue and Matt probably wouldn't. They'd have to focus on Cameron and Red first, um, probably. Uh, and of Jared, of course, uh, Jared is uh, is the other person I think that would maybe go right at America. But Corey does have some sway, some sway over Jared, and he might be able to convince Jared to go for somebody like um, Bowie. Eh, Bowie would be tough. Uh, Jared would be an interesting HOH, I'll tell you that. Because um, here's what Corey would try to do. Corey would try to convince Jared to go after Jag. Um, and that could be interesting. <laughs> So, 
in the process of uh, Blue telling uh, Jared about America, Jared lets Blue know, well, here's the deal. This is why she's trying to feed you this nonsense. She's actually in an alliance with Cameron in red. It's called the middlemen. It consists of Cameron, Red, Bowie, America, and Corey. And Blue is like, whoa. Wow, okay. Um. <laughs> so she now knows that information. Put a pin in that for now. Uh, Corey is going to talk with Red and Cameron. And here's, here's why this joke is really just a huge thorn in Corey's side. Uh, he never should have made this joke. If you haven't listened to the podcast we did with, um, with, with Corey's uh, brother, Zach, uh, then uh, check it out because he, again, he he gave us some good insight. Um, oh, oh yeah, sorry, he did ma- name Mimi. I think uh, I think he named Mimi instead of Bowie. Uh, I might have I might have switched those. Um, but uh, either way, um, it's because I'm just trying to like actually uh, name the people that would be in this alliance. Um, so. Uh, the, um, the thing about this middleman alliance is that, uh, oh, sorry, I, the Zach in, interview, he talked about how one thing that he, he realized after Corey started playing is that this is just like a habit of Corey's that he just makes these kinds of jokes about like, well, this is a thing that could happen and we both can acknowledge that it can happen. Um, and he makes those jokes and it's really coming back to bite him because this is actually kind of a group of people that he is trying to put together. Uh, <clears throat> case in point, he's going to talk to Corey or to Red and Cameron and he talks to them about like long-term plans. And Cameron is and has been talking about uh, Suri and Izzy and how for now things are great. But down the road, Somebody's going to have to take a shot at that power. And we'll talk a little bit more about that conversation later, but because uh, there's an even more explicit one that happens later in the night. But they feel like they're in with the professors right now. From, from, Red, from Red and Cameron's perspective, they've got the professors. Cameron is a substitute teacher. And they're going to ride with that for a couple more weeks while they take out more people like Jag and Blue. And then they want to gather their troops like Corey and Bowie and maybe America. And that is where Corey is trying to guide them. Um, And so uh, Corey is really going to like make them aware of the fact that the way he sees the game is that Jag and Blue are going to try and come for them. Uh, And so it's important that they beat Jag and Blue in the HOH competition, which it's vital for them to know who to beat because we know that this HOH competition is likely going to be a situation where who you want to beat matters in terms of how long you stay in the competition, right? Uh, so, uh, so we're talking about that. They talk about make, needing to make something work once jury hits. 
Uh, he lets them know what he says when they ask about Cameron. He says that he feels like obviously Cameron and Izzy don't get along and that he might want to take a shot eventually, but not anytime soon. Uh, and Cameron is like, that sounds great to me. Um, so uh, then, then Red does something very funny. He's like, listen, Corey, I'm going to tell you something. I haven't told anybody else other than Cameron. I'm actually in a majority alliance. And Corey's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in a majority. alliance. The, the middle, me being in the middle, it's all, it's an illusion. I'm actually in it. Corey's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> of course, Corey already knows this. Um, but it's it's interesting um there there's like uh, the response to this is interesting because on one hand when somebody's giving you valuable information like that you want them to feel like you've heard it and that it matters and that you're appreciative of them giving you that information you don't want to feel like you're you know um closed off to them right you don't want to be like yeah yeah sure i don't care you want to be like oh wow red thank you so much for telling me that that's huge but on the other hand, if he acknowledges that he received this information to Red, he's probably going to be more obligated to have to then tell somebody like Sari that Red has told him this information. Um, and you can tell that like Corey is just trying to get off of that topic immediately. Because if he has to go and tell Sari, Red told me about the professors, that's going to put Suri's aim on red, and he doesn't want that. He wants Suri and them to be more aimed at Jag and, and Blue, if possible. Uh, he's trying to, to keep Red and Cameron in the game because they are more valuable to him than Jag and Blue, and he knows that Jag and Blue are trying to get in with Suri um, and, uh, and, and Izzy and them, um, and that he needs to like keep that from actually solidifying too much. Um, so I thought this was an interesting response. I don't know how conscious it was from him. At first, I was like, this is kind of, you know, you want to you wanna give people what they want. But then also, when he's talking to Sari later about this conversation, and he doesn't mention the fact that Red told him about the professors, he gave, he gave himself a little bit of plausible deniability to be like, oh, I didn't even realize that's what he was trying to tell me because he didn't dig into it and he didn't react to it. And uh, theoretically, even if Red eventually leaks out that he told Corey about this, he can be like, I don't even remember him saying that. Um, you know, I don't know exactly, but either way, it's fine. They still feel good about Corey. Um, they talk about how they, he says, he reiterates again, like, here's the thing. The main thing for you is that you need to make sure that, uh, that red, that, uh, Jag blue and Matt don't win the HOH because they will come for you. And red and Cameron say, nah, Matt's cool. He's good. We can we can talk to Matt. We don't need to be concerned about Matt. Uh, and Corey is like, yeah, you do. Matt's not going to turn on Jag and Blue. And they're like, no, nope, Corey, you're wrong. We have spoken to Matt, and we'll continue to speak to Matt. And we're telling you, if he wins Hoh. He's going to put one of them up. One of Jag and Blue? 
Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. And Corey, who is a guy that often goes along with things because, you know, it's Boston Rob, right? Uh, is like, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. <laughs> I think you're wrong about this. I really think that Matt is like a ride or die kind of guy and he's in with Jag and Blue and he is not going to turn on them. Um, and they're like, we'll see. And then of course, Matt walks in because they're in the have not room. And Corey makes an excuse and leaves. Uh, and this is where I was like, dude, I think I would have stayed. I get leaving too because you don't want to be involved when Red and, and, and Cameron start doing this with Matt because you know they're about to do this with Matt. Um, so leaving is another good way to have plausible deniability. But also, if he stayed, he might have been able to just like talk block the entire conversation. I don't know. You know, it, either way. Matt comes in, Red and Cameron start pitching to Matt. They say, listen, here's the thing. We're going to make some things happen, Matt. I need you. Listen, Matt, if you win HOH, what are you thinking? Matt starts talking about targeting the floaters, the typical line. Remember, he's in this new alliance. Um, and they say, if you win HOH, you got to start thinking about like maybe at least one of Jagger Blue should go up on the block just to show the power that you're not with them. You know, you need to prove to them that you're not, you're not with them. And then listen, if you do that, we can pull you in. We can give you the ride you need uh, to get to where we're going. And then we can make some kind of move, right? And, I, and, and at that point, we could have people like Corey, America, Bowie would be on board. And all of a sudden, this middleman alliance is starting to look like a real, real alliance, right? Um, Corey's joke, literally, Red is talking about we're kind of like the middleman. So Matt leaves and he talks to Jag afterward. He does not tell Jag the full extent of this conversation. He says that, that uh, they were trying to get him to target people like, in, again, in the middle, like Mimi. Um, which I was, I was happy about. I mean, Matt, I think, is smarter than people give him credit for in the house. Um, and more willing to play the game than uh, people expect from him in the house uh you like um I, i've been thinking a lot about like he talks about how he looks like tyler and remember in bb20 everyone thought that tyler was this like wounded bird right uh and that they they needed to uh, resuscitate him <laughs> after the whole caitlin thing um and that he was just moping around and that the, the whole thing, like 
Matt is actually, Matt is the wounded bird that they thought Tyler was with the Riley situation. Um, but similar to Tyler, he is, I think, more dangerous than they give him credit for. Uh, that said, and maybe to add on to that, um, he didn't tell Jag the full extent of the conversation, but he did warn Jag. Don't trust Corey. Corey's working on Red and Cameron. He knows that Corey was in that room right before he had that conversation with them. And Corey bolted out of there the second he got in. Then they talked about having Corey on their side. And they talked about how he needed to target Jag and Blue. And so he's, I think, put the pieces together. Be wary of Corey. Now, Jag, I don't think, is really hearing this from, uh, from Matt. But um, he mentioned it a couple of times to Jag. Uh, so, interesting stuff. Um, we then get, uh, there's some shenanigans that go on uh, through the night. There's a, a court case that Corey and America were supposed to work out together, and then he started working out without her. Uh, Jag was forced to represent both of them in the court case, um, and uh, ultimately, I guess, I guess theoretically, I feel like Corey came close to winning, but uh, but but America refused to accept the outcome. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, it's, uh, the, the case was, <laughs> the case was then interrupted by, they got a camera, they did a bunch of, they talked about who, uh, in the house would you want to, um, uh, be in there from, from the past, uh, past players. Um, Jag was very, very funny in the, in the court case, uh, which is why I bring it up. Uh, just if this guy could apply himself more strategically and be more active strategically. I think he has the social game to really crush. Um, they do uh, this whole like Hollywood Squares thing. There's a lot of a lot of shenanigans going on throughout the night. But we got to get back to the strategy. We got to keep this tight. I got to talk to Riley. Um, Jared is going to talk to Izzy about how Blue told him everything about America. Uh, he thinks that America doesn't trust Blue and Jag anymore, and that he. He thinks that Blue and Jag are actually all in on this seven-person alliance. So that's good for them that, uh, that that's happening. Um, this is not what Corey wants. Corey wants them to not trust Jag and Blue, but uh, they do actually feel like Jag and Blue are on board, which means they don't have to worry about them quite as much. Um, and, and the shape of this house is starting to take form, right? Uh, you have a relative core of... Suri, Izzy, Jared, then Corey and Felicia. That's kind of like a core-ish five. Then they have on one side, like they have the bye-bye bitches. They have this new eight-person thing that they're considering with Bowie and Red and Cameron. Um, and then on the other side, they now have the Savage Seven. Uh, and that would just be them playing the whole house. Except Corey is aware that they are playing both sides, that they have the whole house, 
And I think from Corey's perspective, there's like a little bit of a, like a, a cold war being a proxy war being waged uh, between red and Cameron and Jag and blue. And that if, if his side red and Cameron can beat the Jag and blue side, that gives him more leverage moving forward. Uh, because if Jag and blue win, that's not good uh, for Corey because they don't trust Corey as much and won't be smart enough to turn on Sari uh, like he needs them to. Uh, so it's become very important for Corey to try and protect Red and Cameron as much as possible um, and get the target onto Jag primarily because uh, he knows it's not going to land on blue with Jared there. Um, and everyone loves Matt. And so Jag has become his primary target, it seems. Um, and he says as much to, to Jared. He talks a lot about how he thinks Jag is the best target for them moving forward. You can tell that Jared is receptive, but also feels like if he were to win, he would probably do something like Red, maybe go after Cameron or something along those lines. So we'll see how all of that plays out. Right now, it's just the musings of the current situation. Um, there's another quick thing I want to talk about. Suri and Jared have a conversation because Jared talks to Red and Red tells Jared some information about how he felt left out of the professors or how he felt left out of like conversations about the, the blind side that he had to fish things out of Felicia, but, but he felt like Suri was open with him. And so he trusts Suri a lot because of that. Uh, he also admits to Jared that he kind of dogged it in the, in the veto competition. He kind of threw that competition uh, to Jag. Um, and so Jared brings that to Suri. She's very pleased to hear that Red trusts her and also very pleased to hear that he, she says this, and she says this a lot. It's good that he felt comfortable telling you that. Because I, I, I'm telling you, Suri values information more than anything else. If you bring Suri information, that is how she judges you as a player in the game and, how, and, and judges you in terms of like how she thinks, how much she thinks she can trust you. That's why Corey is doing so well with them. He's bringing them back so much information. That's why Mimi is failing hard with them because Mimi has no information to bring them because she doesn't talk to anyone and therefore she, she's not trusted. She's not bringing them that information. In fact, they talked about how they ask Mimi about America all the time because she hangs out with America all the time. But Mimi says she doesn't have anything on America. And so they don't, they don't believe that. Uh, and even if you tell them something that is not great, the fact that you feel comfortable telling them about it is what makes Suri feel good. And remember, the thing that flipped Suri back off of the Riley flip was that Cameron felt comfortable telling or showing Suri that he was anti Um Learning more about Suri. Suri's going to have another conversation with Jared, though, where she asked him about Blue. She says, uh, he says, I think, I think she's fallen hard for me. Uh, but I haven't expressed anything, you know, to make that happen. Uh, and she says, well, listen, I've made promises. You, you need to stay in the boundaries. And he says, oh, I will, I will. She says, or sorry, he says, if you're watching the video, oh, I will. Yeah, I will. She says, you're looking away when you say that. <laughs> Why are you looking away when you say that? Uh, you, listen, you can't. You cannot cross those boundaries. I know your fancies are tickled. He says, no, I'm, listen, I'm just, I'm just, it's just the entertainment of it, okay? I, nothing physical. And she makes a fit, like, at all. 
you are not going to embarrass me on national TV. Keep your eye on the prize, Jared. And he says, it's easy. Listen, it's easy for me to not cross boundaries. It's easy. No problem at all. All right. He says, I mean, it is, it is tempting, but I can't. He says, listen, I know you have my sheer willpower. You put that into use. Fuck up. He's like, I know it, can, I know it can't be anything anyway. It's not ever going to be anything. Um, Izzy interrupts the conversation. He talks to Izzy about it for a little while. Um, and then he's going to have a long conversation with Blue and Jack. Briefly before that, Red and Cameron do talk some more. Cameron says, Suri is the one calling the shots in this house. Red says he hopes he's never he hopes he never has to be the one to take that shot. And Cameron says, that's the winning shot. If you take it on Sari. Uh, so Cameron is getting there, right? Um, but let's talk about Blue and Jack. Uh, or sorry, let's talk about uh, Blue and Jared. But first, I have to talk about Blue and Jack. Blue lets Jag know about the, her conversation with America and how America's trying to warn them about their relationship with Suri and Izzy. And she's like, but she doesn't know that we're in an alliance with them. And she says that Jared told her about an alliance called the Middlemen. And Jag is like, what? <laughs> Middlemen alliance? They say they both agree it makes no sense for them to target Suri and Izzy. They would never do that. That doesn't make sense for them. Jared, Jag is like, I'm, su- I'm just surprised. Apparently, America's in an alliance with Cameron. I didn't even know she was close to Cameron. Uh, Corey was talking to me earlier about how he's not in a showman's with America. If anything, she's in a showman's with me and Cameron. I was like, Cameron? She's like, yeah, he's close. she's close to Cameron. He's like, I don't understand why. How did Jared know about the middleman alliance? She's like, I assume Corey told him. He's like, why would Corey tell him that? That doesn't make any sense. He's right. It doesn't make sense. Think, Jag. Follow that trail. Um, he's also shocked to learn that uh, another thing Jared told uh, Blue is that America was never going to vote to keep Riley. And he's like, what? Big news dropped on America. Her position continues to rapidly fall. Uh, Blue is concerned about them having to show their cards if they win HOH, but they think that the, probably the right plan for them is to just continue to go after uh, somebody like Red uh, or maybe go after some middle people if they need to to avoid exposing their position. Um, finally, let's not, let's not waste too much time here. Jared and Blue, you've probably seen some stuff. Um, Jared really wants to share his secret with Blue, but he knows he will regret it if he does. Uh, so he doesn't yet. But he does share a different secret. He shares the secret that, um, you know, that ex-girlfriend isn't quite as ex as maybe he was making it seem. That, like, maybe she might be in control of his social media and also has his dog and, um, you know, 
it's you know i mean maybe now <laughs> And she responds with, oh, actually, me too. <laughs> I also might have somebody at home that I might have promised that nothing would happen here. And I was, might have been very adamant about it. And um, I'm, I might feel pretty bad right now about the current situation, but I, I feel like I wasn't lying because I, I fully believed it was the truth when I was telling them about this before I came on. Um, and so uh, here we are, both of them with people at home. Uh, that are you're likely no longer people at home. and. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into social media, but uh, if you want to check into what's going on there, you can. Um, he says, this is bad enough with just surface level intimacy. What happens if we... And I'll just leave it there because uh, it'll happen. Um, and that's where things are. I mean, huge progression in their relationship. I think he's going to tell her at some point about Sari. I really do. I think it's, I think it's developing. I think this is going to become a full blown thing. Um, and they're going to have to incorporate blue into their whole thing. Um, and it's going to be weird. It's going to be real weird. Uh, so <laughs> that's it. That's what I got for you from yesterday. Um, no major movement for the first time. Uh, I, I'll let you know what the house structure looks like coming up. This kind of proxy war that's happening. Um, the Jared and Blue stuff, big. The secret may be coming out. Sari and her reaction to all of this will be interesting. Uh, blindside coming up today. Heisem still doesn't know. Um, so we'll see what happens with the veto ceremony. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern to update you on everything that happens today on the Big Brother 25 live feeds. Find me over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong. And I will see all of you next time.